That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, hi. <laughs> it was just me the whole time. <laughs> That's the way it feels. Good morning, good morning, good morning. We're talking about Romans this whole entire uh, season, right? This whole summer. So um, I, I was digging into Romans, out of Romans a lot and just praying. I've been praying about this for quite a while, but what God wants to talk about. And, and today, I just want to talk about the lost. Is that okay? I feel like God wants us to reach the lost. I think that's the number one, the only, the one and only thing that he was asking us to do, right? That's our job. Go out, win people, win souls, make disciples of all nations, right? Um, so before that, though, I wanted to get into this, just in case you're ever wondering. This is my family. People are like, now who's he, and then how's that work? So this is our family. Rachel Albrecht did a great job taking pictures. It's me and my wife, Melanie. It's Kelly, my daughter, Amber, and Amber and Michael are married, and they got the two little rugrats there, Ariana and Jason, named after me. That was a huge honor. I didn't cry. Okay, that's a lie. I cried a little. Um, and so I just want to introduce you to my family. This is my family. Aren't they beautiful? You know, everybody looks at, you see pictures like this on social media, and you're like, man, they're just the perfect family. Man, I wish you could have seen it right a hundredth of a second before and a hundredth of a second after this shot. There was probably like a hundred pictures that were taken, and this is the one, the one and only that was like, oh, that one, good, we got one. Because Jason was like upside down trying to get down to grab the, Ariana wanted to chase the butterfly. That sounds like an analogy, but it's actually literal. She wanted to chase the butterfly. So it's just, this is the family. It's real. We're very real. <laughs> and this is in honor of Father's Day, right? Happy Father's Day, by the way, to all you dads out there. We do have donuts outside, in case you didn't see that. But this is me and my dad. My dad actually passed away three years ago, and it was hard, obviously. We got seven of us kids in the family. We got a big family. My mom. So it was, a, it was a definitely a tough time. But I got the honor of actually standing up here and doing the funeral and speaking the words. And man, what, what, a, what a different perspective God gave me of just being able to represent for a champion, somebody who left a legacy. My dad was a stud, great dad. You know, I know there's a lot of stories out there about, well, my dad this and my dad that. And I, and I apologize because my dad was awesome. But... <laughs> Um, I want to teach you guys something that my dad taught me. You got a second? Is that cool? So it's like this. We're painters in my family. That's what we do is we paint. In fact, I painted these black walls. <laughs> Literally, I did. So we painted. I've been painting since I was 12 years old, so I'm, I'm, I got 30 years experience. And uh, it's just crazy. You know, it, not to say I'm the best, but I definitely am very confident in my painting abilities now. Now, when I was 12, 15, even 18, it was like, yeah, I can paint. But my dad, so he taught me this thing. We're on this outside building, and I'm sure it was more than once, but I remember one specific. We're out there painting, and it's one of those ones with the lathborn. You have to scrape it all and caulk it and make it look beautiful, and it was just a train wreck, like an old, old farmhouse or something like that. And so... I'm up there, and I'm scraping, and I'm caulking, and I'm painting, and I'm like, Dad, I'm done with this side. The side's done. He's like, all right, comes over. He's like, come here. <laughs> he takes me back, you know, 20 feet or whatever, and he goes, look at it now. And I'm like, oh, what happened? Because <laughs> there's like all these little things. I'm like, all right, go back up, you know, scrape this, touch up that, caulk this, paint this again, and then again, Dad, I'm done. All right, come here. Let's just go back and look at it. And so he sat me down. He's like, listen, every time you think you're done with something, he's like, you, you got to jump back so you can see it from a different perspective. You know, when you're too close to something, you can't see it. You can't see it for what it is. It looks good right here, right now. But when you step back, you can see the whole picture. And then sometimes you got to squat down to look underneath the little lips to see where you missed the, this. And you know what I mean? So it was a really cool, a really cool story. And, and it's been a, something I've applied to my life. Obviously, not, this is not 
painting, in case you haven't connected the dots here. We're talking about actual life, guys. <laughs> I think this applies to our life in a major, major way. So, um, so this is where we go into Romans, right? So we'll come back to that. But in Romans, I was reading, obviously I've been reading Romans. We're studying it for the summer. Pastor's teaching on it, and I'm reading it, and I'm just like, it's, it's insane. Romans is one of those books that if anybody ever wonders about salvation, just read Romans. It, it, it has every single ingredient, direction. There's no, if there's a question left open, I would love to know what that question is. Because I'm reading it, and I'm just like, dang, dang direction and wisdom and oh my gosh it's over and over again it's so he puts it so simple i love it um so i want to talk to you guys about the book of romans and what some verses i'm going to blast through some verses here okay i think it's five or six verses and as i read them i would love for you to if you agree just to give me a hearty amen i need more men to do it though because it's father's day in representation of father's day so one two three amen. holy cow now we got church. <laughs> All right, so check this out. Romans 6.6. 6. This, this is what God is saying to us, and I'll just real quick. It's about identity, right? And this, is, this is all top goal. This is all about who you are, who God says you are. So Romans 6.6, 6, for we know that our old self is crucified with him and that, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Amen. Dude, get this. That's good stuff. No longer be ruled by sin. The next one is Romans 6, 14. It says, for sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law. You missed it. Let's try again. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Beginners, you know. Here we go. For sin, I want you to think about this, okay, for a second. This is God's word to us. This is legitimately for you. This applies to your life. So maybe if, maybe the amens will come a little more naturally if you recognize that this actually is for you. Amen. <laughs> For sin shall no longer be your master. So sh sh sin is not going to be your master anymore because you are not under the law, but you are under grace. Amen. Thank you. That was good. That was good. You got to believe this, man. You got to recognize this. See, it's funny because we could sit there. You sit there, and I've been there a thousand times or more, where you're sitting there, and it's kind of like you're watching TV. Kind of like, yeah, this is entertaining. Do, 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 do. Yeah, he can't see me picking my nose. No, I can. I actually can. You know, he can't see. He doesn't even realize that I'm, it's like you're watching TV. It's not true. I can see you. <laughs> We're actually interacting right now. <laughs> so the fun thing is that this isn't just something for entertainment value, right? This stuff applies to our life. And the more we apply it to our life, the more things begin to change from the inside out. And all of a sudden, the things on the outside that were like, man, why can't I just and I can't just and this is frustrating and that's frustrating. No, this stuff has to get deep. This stuff has to be, you have to believe it. It has to be your reflex. So Romans 8 talks about you again. This is Romans 8. He says, speaking on Romans 8 next week, and I was like, whoops. <laughs> Romans 8, 14 through 16. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. That's you. Let's say that one more time. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. That's you. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, and the spirit you received brought, more, brought about your adoption to sonship. Dude, yes. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, which is like daddy, which is kind of cool. Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Amen. We are God's children. 
He's drilling this home. It doesn't stop. It's not just in Romans. This is all throughout the word of God. It's just who you are. This is who you are. This is, you are my beloved. I love you. I cherish you. You are, I've empowered you. You're my children, right? Over and over and over again. He says in 8, 17, he says, now, if we're his children, then guess what? That makes us heirs and even co-heirs with Christ. I just, that's a hard one. That's a hard one for me to wrap my brain around, but my goodness, my faith is stronger than my brain. I promise you that. Now, if we're children, we are heirs, and we're co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in the suffering, in order that we may also share in his glory. Dude, 8.17, so good. Last one, last one from the blitz of verses, right? Romans 8, 37 through 39. He says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Mm-mm-mm. Somebody say amen. We are more than conquerors. A conqueror is awesome. He goes and he conquers lands and countries and all this stuff. That's amazing. That's, that's a powerful dude. You know their names in history. But he says you're more than conquerors because the spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. So you're, you have to be. By default, you have to be more than a conqueror. So in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I, I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Man, if we believed that, if we actually walked in that, it would change a lot of things. The thing is that all those verses I just read, that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's the tip of the iceberg. So why is it important? Why is it important to God that we understand what he is saying about us? Why is he just drilling and drilling and drilling and drilling? Why is he doing these things? Why is he just, it's almost like he's repeating the same thing from every single angle that comes in. Because God created you to do something, to be something very specific. God has a plan for your life. I know people are like, oh, I've heard that a thousand times. You know, I already know all this, but what does it mean? Where do I go? What do I do? God has a plan for your life. God has an action for you to do. And sometimes we're too busy acting like something else. And the life we actually live tends to be the acting portion. So, thank you. Give it up for Josh. <laughs> so I, I had to bring in my tool. It's Father's Day, guys. Come on. I had to do it. Um, I got some nails here, right? I got the screws here. The screw, I'm not going to touch because that's actually holding them together. But so there's tools for these jobs, right? Not to call you a tool, but there's a tool for the job. <laughs> and so I got these nails over here, and I got options. I got a screwdriver. And, and you think, well, yeah, you can absolutely, you can bang in the nail. See, it's going in, halfway in right there. I can do this. I can use a tool that is not intended to put a nail in to put a nail in, and we've all done it, all of us. I don't care who you are, don't lie. <laughs> but there's a tool, right? It's not the best tool, obviously. So you go back to the tool bag and you go, okay, baha, there's a better tool. This tool, oh, if you hit it right, is the better tool. This drives it in, this is what it's created for. This is the hammer driving the nail. This is when you're in line with what God says about you. All of a sudden your identity is in him and you don't have to think about what he says before you act because it becomes reflex. 
Because we take every thought captive, we make it obedient to Christ, and as we begin to do that, we begin to say the thing that God's word says, and instead of saying the thing that's our natural reaction, like, oh, I'm really bad at that, or oh, I'm terrible at public speaking, or I'm terrible at this, or I'm that, those are lies that you're speaking over yourself from the enemy, because, the, because God doesn't say that about you. God would never say those things about you. Well, administrative, I'm just terrible at that. That's me. That's mine. And I've said that so many times, and now I've changed it. I'm like, no. I refuse to say that. Is it my strong suit? No, absolutely not. Can I do it? Absolutely, and I can do it professionally. It just takes me a little longer, but I can do it, and I can do it in excellence. And the thing is, God says something about you, and the enemy has a lot to say about you as well. We choose. You and I choose which one we listen to. You and I choose. When we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, we choose which one of those thoughts we're going to allow to come in here and shoot out of here. And as we speak things, you may have heard, we speak life or death. And as you speak life or death, you begin to create, and things begin to take place, and, and avenues and routes and destinations begin to shift. We're changing patterns. We're changing direction as we speak things because we're not taking the thoughts captive. And God's like, man, if you would just get that you are my kid, you're an error you're my heir. You're an heir to this heaven, throne. You're a co-heir with Christ. And God's like, get it. And he's driving it home over and over again. And he says, you know, there's actually better tools. There's better tools, right? This thing, Amber, have you ever used one of these? These are so fun. These are so fun. I'm not kidding. We were, we were tearing stuff down in Route 66 the other day, and they were tearing it down. They're like, somebody used a nail gun for the first time because there was just like 100 nails holding everything together. It's like completely unnecessary. I'm like, yeah, but have you used one? You would do the same thing. They're fun, man. I mean, unless it's your job and you have to do it every day, I'm sure that becomes not fun. But. So you got this tool. This is you. And sometimes we come over to the screw and we're like, I don't know how. I just... It's not, yeah, it's not working. Let me see. Okay, oh, there's a nail. Oh, yeah. Okay, I found my purpose. This is it. And we're going like 10 miles an hour down the highway. It's like, no, no, this is efficient. This is, the, this is, this is where it's at. God has called you to be efficient. Me and my wife are flirting with the idea of getting a new car soon, and we're just we're having fun because you got all these options. I can do whatever I want. I can get this, I can get that. It's going to be a late model either way, so, but I got options. And... It's just fun. You think about, well, we want to do family trips and stuff, so we want to have something. Can't be too late model because we want to be able to drive to, you know, wherever and, and make sure we have long distance. And you go, okay, so you begin to think about the vehicle that we're going to use to go there, and it's not something that's going to be breaking down, right? So we need to make sure it's maintenance and, well, it runs good. It doesn't have, it's not some broken down beater. And so you, sometimes you have to ask yourself, what's the destination? And then you go, okay, how far do I need to go? And what's my maintenance? What, what am I putting inside? of my body? What am I putting inside of my body? What am I putting inside of my body? And because every single, every single ingredient you put in is changing. Little bit, little bit. You know, if somebody told you this car's got 180,000 miles, you'd be like, mm. well, it's all highway miles. You'd be like, oh. <laughs> City miles are different, right? Every little thing matters. And we think about that. We, we put that into play in our brain when we're buying a car. But for some reason, when God says, I've called you to reach the ends of the earth, I've filled you with my spirit, and I want you to win the loss, we go, cool, so I can do whatever I want then? <laughs> what, what, I, what? Yeah, I guess. It's not all going to be conducive. God's got a plan for your life. It's to reach the lost. And each and every one of us has different skills and talents to get there. 
When I'm acting outside of the things that God has called me to, I'm not functioning correctly. When I'm acting like somebody that I'm not, and people, people would argue that. They would say, well, that's who you are. That's just natural. No, it's not. No, because I choose to look at the word of God and say, that's who I am. Therefore, what I, what I want in the instant or in the moment is garbage. My flesh might want that, but that's not, that's not the goal. The goal is not to live by your flesh. When I'm doing this, when I'm outside of God's will, and it can be a little bit because I can still drive that nail and be a nail gun. I can still drive it because it's made out of metal and it'll take a beating. Even if it was made out of plastic, I could do it. But when I'm living that way, all of a sudden I can't lead my kids correctly. All of a sudden it's hard to find the emotional energy to sit my kid down and say, listen, the video games are too much and you're rotting your brain, bro. You gotta chill, you gotta calm down, you can't, we're gonna put a limit on it. And, and then to stand, to have the emotional and physical energy to stand up to that and to be able to have that conversation and sit them down and say, man, listen, I've been watching the way you're eating and you're eating crap all the time. Let's, let's get you, let's, let's think about what we're putting inside of our bodies. Let's think about what we're doing for the sake of his, his kingdom. Because every, every sentence that we do that's going to be forward movement should be for the sake of his kingdom. And so it, it, it's like you don't have the emotional energy. Our kids are dying for the attention and the affection of fathers and mothers. And believe it or not, they want our correction too. I know some people have that, find that hard to believe. The kids definitely do. But they do. They want it bad. They want guidance. They want boundaries. And we don't have enough emotional uh, whatever gas in our tanks because we're so busy trying to spin our wheels to go, yeah, but what's next? Yeah, but what am I supposed to? Yeah, but what? Yeah, but there's no yeah, but. It's, it's really easy. It's very, very costly, but it's really easy. God's called us to die to ourselves and be alive in him. And when we can't do that and we're living for ourselves or we're living in that, that little gray area where, oh, you can't call me out. You can't, nope, you, you, I'm, I'm within my boundaries. But on the other side, you know for a fact you're not doing what you're called to do. It's very, very, it hurts. It destroys it, it causes depression. It causes anxiety. It just makes it so you can't function. And all of a sudden, on the outside, everything is a hot mess. And you're going, what happened? What happened? I can't love my wife correctly. I'll begin to withhold love from her if I'm acting in a way that I'm not supposed to act. If I, if I know, and it's all inside of here. It's all inside of here. It's a battlefield of the mind. If I'm doing things, or, or sometimes it's not that you're doing things you're not supposed to do. Sometimes it's the simple fact that you're not doing what you know you're supposed to do big difference. Well, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm not going to hell over this. It's like, okay, let's talk. You know, what you're not doing, the obedience, right? Does God want sacrifice or obedience? He wants our obedience. He wants our obedience. He wants our ridiculous obedience. I love that phrase. I cannot be a friend correctly. And the funny thing is, you'll notice that you won't hold other people accountable to the things that you know God has called them to, I'm not talking about when they're looking at pornography or they're doing, you know, whatever, going to get wasted on the weekends. That's the, duh, we all get that. If you're not doing that, then whatever, we have a different sermon. <laughs> We're talking the level of, I know God has called you to reach the lost over here and you're not doing it. I know God has called you to begin to be in your word completely, 100% daily, like absolutely just saturated and you're not doing it. I know God has called you because you've told me that God's called you to read the word over your wife and you're not doing it. Those are the things I'm talking about. Not the things, not the, the easy ones are easy. The hard ones, these are the ones in depth. But when you begin, you want to be a friend to somebody. If you want to be my friend, I need you to hold me accountable because I don't want anything but what God wants in my life. If you see me doing something outside of that context and you don't call me out, I promise you, you're not my friend. Does that make sense? 
That's the way we should all be able to say that. That's what we're doing. We're furthering his kingdom. It's all about him. Out of our minds, into the mind of Christ, and that's what it looks like. We begin to look at everything is kingdom. Everything is kingdom. And so I can't be a friend. In fact, I avoid the friends when I'm acting outside of what God's called me to do. I avoid the friends that I know will hold me. I won't, I won't like, you know, whatever. I'll say hi. How you doing? Good. See you. <laughs> I'm just not going to go out of my way to call them. not going to go out of my way to text them. Here's the biggest thing. I cannot be a part of the body of Christ. I cannot be a part of the bride, God's bride, that he's coming back for. I cannot. If I do not know who I am, if I do not walk in what God's called me to do, how could I possibly, if I can't function in here, how can I function together in here? It's hard. It's like, how can I serve him when I'm believing lies and I'm living these things out? Unity is absolutely ginormous. You can grab the Bible, go and stop, and you'll find something about unity, especially if it's Paul. I mean, over and over and over, God's just like unity in the body, unity in the body. Put other people above yourself. You know, don't even worry about yourself. Die to yourself. Put other people first. We got your prophets, the teachers, evangelists. We got all this stuff. Unity, unity, unity talks about it constantly. You'll never get to that if you don't get the identity. If we don't search, pursue with, with an extreme hunger, go in and just with everything you have, go for that unity. Listen to what Jesus says. Listen to what the word says. Romans 12, 4 through 8. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. Thank God. That'd be boring. Um, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the, all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouraging, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. People say, well, what's my purpose? He just gave you a bunch of them. Right there. If your gift is to give, and we got the kingdom builders thing coming up, and we're going to reach this city, and we're going to win the lost, here's your opportunity. Well, yeah, but I don't know if everybody else is doing it. I just didn't want to be the only one. If, every, if your gift is to serve, and you know, maybe you don't know, but you know this church is always, always, always got opportunities to serve. If you need, if you want to serve, if your heart is to serve, come talk to me after service. I will put you on a list. I promise. Because there's people out there that this is your gift, Right? It's to serve, it's to give grace, it's to, have, it's to teaching, it's so many different things. Romans 14, I'm gonna recap this one. Romans 14, this is me just reading, it's like, it goes through and he says, accept the weak in faith, don't argue, don't argue about what days are sacred, don't be mean to the meat eaters or the vegans, sorry. <laughs> Stop judging each other unfairly, don't make, don't make another one fall, make every effort, Make every effort to make peace and mutual. This is over and over. Unity, 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 unity. There must be unity. It's one bride, the left foot, then the right foot. We have to have core strength. We have to have balance. We have to have all the digits moving in one accordance. There's only one bride. Unity, on, unity in the body is contingent on us understanding what God says, who God says we are. And when we know who we are, we begin to do what we were created to do. Amen? 
When we know who we are, we begin to do the things we were created to do. And when we begin to do the things that we were created to do, we build up the church. We build up the bride of Christ. And that is what it's all about. It's about the lost. It's about building up the bride. It's about reaching the lost. It's about the lost. I told you I wanted to talk to you about the lost. This is it. This all boils down to one thing, and it's getting people saved, leading people to Jesus, because you have to know who you are. My dad was pretty great, and that story about having to take a step back, sometimes, man, we're just living life right here. We're on our phones. We're in our jobs. We're doing our thing, but it's all, and we're, we're in the TV, whatever. We're, we're just right here, and sometimes you just got to jump back here and say, man, what, what am I missing? There's more. There's more. There's always more. But there's more. Don't stop pushing. You can't stop fighting. You can't, you can't look at it and go, man, I've arrived. No, you haven't. <laughs> Not until you're in heaven. If I live, it's going to be Jesus Christ. If I die, that's pretty cool too because I'm going to heaven. It's Paul, my version, Paul. Paul says, if, I'm de- if I die, okay, bye. I'll see you in heaven. What a great attitude. If I live, Jesus, 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 not me anymore, because it's not me who lives, it's Jesus. So if you step back and take a look, and then you go, okay, that's, that needs, there's needed work on that, this, and then you go, God's perspective. When God looks at your life, what's God thinking? What's God seeing? That God perspective, it changes things, and it's not the big, sledgehammer, it's not that. It's that grace that surpasses our understanding. So I don't know where you're at today, right? I don't know where you're at. I don't know what your answer is, but you do. And only you, only you and God. You're the only ones that knows the answer to that question. Where are you at? Maybe there's people in this room, you don't know Jesus at all. Maybe you've never given your life. You've never actually said, I submit my life. I lay down my rights at this altar to die. Like, it's not me. Like, I want the fullness of Christ. Maybe that's you. And you, the identity thing is like, what? If that's you today, I would love, love to pray with you. So could we close our eyes? Bow our heads. I want to say this with all eyes closed. Is that one thing is the power of a father. I understand well. Because I am a father. I am a grandfather. I had a great father. I have the father in heaven. And I did youth ministry for about 17 years. And I don't know where your, what your background is. I don't know what your, your father was like. But I do know this, that it's not just when you're 12 or 14 that it hurts or affects you. I know that the father you had whether it was the worst case scenario or the best case scenario, made a huge impact on your life. In fact, set your course. And as much as you love it or hate it, it's where you're at. And and sometimes when we talk about Jesus and we talk about God the Father, it, it sends shivers down people's spines because they've had bad experiences with the word Father. It's all negative. And I just want to promise you and let you know The God the Father that I'm talking about is the bar. He is the standard for Father. He is what we aspire to be as dads. 
He is the goal, that grace that surpasses understanding, that love that is absolutely perfect and casts out fear, the one that will never leave you. He is the one that will never forsake you. He is the one that is there in your hardest times. When you feel like you're all alone, he is there. So I want you to know that God the Father is the perfect Father. His love is not tainted like we know love. It's not broken. It's not contingent on what you think or do or say. He doesn't care. He doesn't love you any more or any less when you make a mistake. His love is perfect, and that's the love we're supposed to, supposed to emulate. So if you're in this room today, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, and you want to give your life to Jesus, I would love to lead you in a very short prayer. So if that's you, you want your identity to be in that. You want to be a co-heir with Christ. You want to live that life that he has destined. You want to be the nail gun plugged in, using, fully functioning, making that mark. That's you right now. Raise your hand right now, all over this room. Come on. Yes. Yes. Awesome. 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 Could we pray this together? We're just going to, I'm going to lead you in a short prayer to ask Christ into your life. And after that, you grab yourself a Bible. You dig into that thing. You jump yourself into a group. You get into this church. You get plugged in and you just say, tell everybody you know, I gave my life to Jesus. Be bold. Be strong. Because he was bold and he was strong for you. So let's pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus, come on, all over this room, guys. And Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Clean me up. Fill me up with your spirit. Thank you for sending your son to die in my place on that cross. So teach me your word. Teach me your ways. And I will see you soon. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Altar workers, you guys can make your way forward. A right, uh, couple last things. The father thing, man. If this is you, it's so easy to have that unforgiveness. It's so easy to have that little chip on your shoulder and not even realize it. You don't even realize it until something triggers it and you're like, Rrr. you're like, oh, dang, it's still there. And maybe that's you. These altar workers that are coming up, they would love to pray with you, to just share with you, to speak life into you. So if that's you and you just have this horrible time where you can't get past this, you're like, I keep going, I'm hitting this brick wall, and I know it's this father thing, these guys would love to pray with you, or anything, any prayer request, anything you have. Guys, these guys are here for you. So we're going to close out, and um, it's very important you understand there are donuts for fathers out in the hallway on your way out. God bless you guys. Let's pray real quick, and then we're going to go ahead and dismiss. If you can come up here, get prayer, you can go out there and get yourself a donut. Two very extreme different things. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for this day, God. We thank you that you are the Father of all fathers. We pray, God, for an outpouring of your spirit on each and every one of us. Our identity would be in you and you alone, God, that, we, that would birth the unity in this body, God, that your bride would be exactly what you've called us to be, God, and we would win the lost for the sake of your name. Jesus, we love you, we praise you, we give you all the glory. And everybody said, amen.